Let's Talk Home Repair is sponsored by Matriarchy Build, who provide tele-DIY services connecting homeowners to vetted pros for one-on-one video consultations. Visit matriarchybuild.com to get guidance on projects as small as a leaky faucet or as big as a home remodel. You can even book a session with Amy themselves. Visit www.matriarchybuild.com. Tele-DIY. Like telehealth? Yeah. Cool. I know. Hi, I'm Amy, general contractor. And I'm Alicia, homeowner. And we're talking home repair. Today, we're going to keep it sweet and tight. Tight. We're going to do, this is going to be an interesting one. We're doing a deep dive on hanging blinds and curtains. And I love this because we all have to do it. We all put it off. And we all think it's a big mystery. Yeah, of how to do it, like how to shop for it, how to size it, how to shop it, and how to even put it up. It feels like it's this big dramatic thing, and it just really isn't. You'll demystify that for us. Um, and I then will we try. Have some, and then we have some Q's and A. So let's dive into it. All right. Blinds All right. and curtains. So the Tell reason— Tell me why I should be better at it than okay, I Okay. Well, the, re- the, reason, the reason that I picked this particular topic is because so many people get it wrong. And What do re- they do wrong? Well, first, remember our remember our episode with the with the terms we were talking about king stud, jack stud, header, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you've got the the king stud that goes on the sides of the windows that goes all the way up to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. You've got your header that goes across. Okay, those there's your wood to be able to to drill into, right? To right, but you've got to visualize where that is. And if you if you don't get it into the wood, then you need to use the right type of anchor. Okay. And so so it's okay if there's not wood there, but then you have to have the correct drywall anchor. Exactly. So anything is possible. You just exactly. have to know what's happening. Exactly. Exactly. So as far as you know, doing blinds uh, or curtains, curtain rods, right? That are going. You know, you're talking about anchoring on the exterior of the window, not. Inside the frame. Right, okay. right, right. So you're going to be above that, above your window, and then off to the sides of your window. I suggest when you get your measurements all done, right, you know where you want it to go. You want the 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 rod to be four inches past the edge of the window. And you've got your... your the edge of the interior. Right, right, okay. right. Um, and so you you mark those areas lightly with a pencil. Mm-hmm. Um, I suggest measuring down from the ceiling as opposed to from the floor, just because you're closer, right? You're about 12 inches from the ceiling as opposed to 75 inches from the floor. And it's just, it's a Decrease lot Decrease your margin of error. Exactly. Then you either, you grab your stud finder and... Hopefully you know how to use it. That's that's the thing that a lot of people struggle with is they don't really know how to use their stud finder. There's a there's a calibration part to it, right? And um, some of them, uh, the, the 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 higher quality ones or the ones with more bells and whistles kind of thing, actually have where you can um, detect pipes or wires or uh, you can go through thicker material. Like sometimes you may run into a double five-eighths inch drywall wall. So that's an inch and a quarter of material that you're having to go through. Um, so it's knowing how to, how, how you're... What is a stud finder sensing? My idea, like when you just had a little magnet, it was sensing the... 
nails in a drywall. Is that true? No, not not on those electronic ones. The, the, it is with the magnet. They're just right. you, you know the magnet the on the screw or the nail. Um, the density. Oh, as as you're okay. going across, right? You've, it's a certain density, and that's why it has to calibrate, right? So you calibrate it. Hold it in an area where you think there is no stud, so it calibrates, and then as you move it slowly, one side or the other, it it detects where that density changes and where you're coming to the edge of the two by four, or you're in the middle of it, or whatever. I didn't use my inherited stud finder correctly for I would say a good two years, yeah. and I thought it was junk. Uh huh. That's what everybody does. Junk. That yeah. And then I read the directions. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh. And it's quite a miraculous thing. Right? And like they you are, said, I didn't know what it was. Density totally makes sense because I was thinking, it's not catching nails, you know, or screws. Right. So what was it catching? Right. Yeah. Know, know how your, your stud finder works. <laughs> take, and, take a few minutes and read the directions. Right, And, right. and you'll be amazed at, at what it can do for you. Yeah. So either use your stud finder or you can take and drill into the wall and find out if the wood, if you're hitting wood that way. Right. What do you mean, drill the, into the wall? So you you have your you have your hole marked. Yes. I suggest to you that you drill a, a pilot, pilot hole. hole anyway. Right. So so you're gonna drill a hole in there, and did you hit wood? And, and you kind of know as you break through the drywall, and if there's no wood behind it, it kind of pushes through really easily. Mm-hmm. But if there if you've hit the stud, then it takes a little bit more to push that through. And and another way to find the stud is to to do several holes horizontally along that area where you think that stud may be. This isn't sounding very attractive at the end. Well, that's why that's why blinds are not hung very attractively sometimes and they fall out of the walls because people don't take that extra time to really find. I know, find. but I don't want four drill holes. Well, then make sure you're using your stud finder, okay. right? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you don't have one. I'm just saying, if you if you did do the first hole and you did not hit wood, mm-hmm. alternatively, you could just use a kind of anchor. True. Yes. Right? Yes. Just, just so that, right. and to clarify, I didn't catch you earlier, are you putting this on the window trim? No. Or is it on the wall above the trim? It is on the wall above the trim. Okay. The wall above and off to the side. Wouldn't we be able to measure and find a king and a jack stud just by the size of the window? Because we know a jack stud's going to be right next to the inside of the window-ish. Right? Right. How unlikely are we to, to not hit wood? Well, you've got you've got the thickness of your window frame, mm-hmm. right? So that's three quarters of an inch, and then you've got your trim that's overlaid on top of that. So you've got just a small reveal, right? You don't know you don't know how much space there is between the actual window frame and the actual rough opening. Okay, so it's not going to be flush. the The window is not going to be. Flush to the opening, the window opening. It could or it could not be, but it could. It, it could not right. be. Right? You, okay. you don't know. There may be. There may be. Uh, you know, they were off by an inch when they took the measurements. So who knows? They put it could shims just be in or some type stuffed of thing. With, stuffed it with insulation, and and yeah, there's some shims in there that's holding it in. Got it. Your house was built in 1925. So you, you can't know, count on that. You can't. You can't count on it. Okay. And, and see, that's where. But you can count on a stud finder. Yes. 
But if you're using a stud finder with uh, lath and plaster, that gets a little tricky too. Even the density ones? Yes. Okay. Because the lath and plaster are so thick and so dense, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's possible. <laughs> so not to discourage you, right? but you can't, and it just takes a little bit of, takes just a, a little bit of, of patience, I think. And that's what people, people get they're impatient with it. And well, it's I think like, what oh, they are I- worried about is, as you described earlier, you're like, do another pilot hole, do another pilot hole, do another pilot. Now I have four pilot holes. Are you wanting me to fix those after? Well, just put a little spackle in there. Okay, I'm just saying, tell us that. Well, that yes. Don't be afraid of pilot holes. Right. Because we can, right. I mean, it's a painting issue, though. It's just a little touch-up. Okay. Because t- we don't want to use a huge, a huge. Hole anyway. Right. We're, we're just trying to see if the wood's in, you know, if there's wood is behind there. Got it. So you can use, you know, an eighth inch. Yeah, or even T90. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Okay. And a little spackle. And a little paint, good to go. <laughs> um, but if you're in a situation where you're not, you're not going into the wood, mm-hmm. and but that's where you want it to be, then you need to use some anchors. And the first thing you want to do when you open the package for your new curtain rod is you need to throw those anchors away that they've given you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> they are awful. Okay. Yeah, those little plastic ones. Yeah. Yeah, they'll they'll give you those little little plastic things and you've got a, a curtain rod that's eighty inches long and you're gonna have four panels on there that weigh, you know, you're gonna have an excess of twenty pounds. Sure. And it's just not gonna work. And I and maybe if you're not gonna touch them ever, but if you're oh, gonna even, pull the right, mechanics if right. you're open and close these, that's extra Right. Torque happening on Exactly, this. exactly. So, and, and that, it, it astounds me. <laughs> That's the same with towel bar holders. Right. Or towel bars, right? They give you those plastic anchors and, well, it's got to work. So how do I figure no. what anchor do I need? I would suggest that you go with um, a, a toggle bolt is a really good one. Toggle bolt. A toggle bolt. It's got that little, it looks like a little, it's got that little butterfly spring thing that screws onto... The screw, and that's about all there is. You have to drill a little bit bigger hole. A lot. What I have found uh, okay, interesting with cons- anchors, yeah, I am shocked by the size of the hole, especially if they have a butterfly. You know, you that's squeeze how toggle the thing, bolts, right? You squeeze it in, you push it, it in, and then it expands back behind the drywall, and then you s- tighten it, and it that that butterfly thing tightens back behind the drywall. Yeah, yeah. They you do surprisingly have to, big holes. Yeah, it's a scary like, big hole. To do, it but, is like oh, but they have a nice little neck on it that you know covers it. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's going to look right. fine, but right. it is scary. To it is. It is. Put that big of a because I'm used to just the little pilot holes, you know, and then screwing something in for there those plastic anchors. Yeah. That don't hold. I think some of them do. I think you're being a little rough on the. Oh. I I agree with you that the ones that come in the package. With maybe your item, maybe not, but yeah, they have these little little barb on them or something like that that's supposed to do something for it. Oh, they're just. Do I care about a certain weight then? What you know how some of the packages says it holds up to? How do I read the it holds up to on the packages? I, I would go with you know if it holds up to to thirty five pounds. Okay, something like that. Yeah, that should be good. Um, but yeah, there's there's the toggle bolt, and then there's another one they call a molly bolt, which is kind of a an anchor and a toggle bolt combined that you actually screw in, 
And then when you put the screw in itself, it actually has a has a uh, that wing that it will push perpendicular to the anchor itself. Oh yeah, and right. then tightens up again. So that's that's a good one too. And when you do those, I would recommend that you do the metal ones and not the plastic ones because I've had the plastic ones where you start going in and it strips out. Uh, sure. And so then you've got this huge hole that started and you got to back it out and you got to try to get another one in there. And if you're you know, your hole is too big or it went all kinds of wonky, you're not going to be able to get that other, that second anchor in there. And it's kind of a pain. Right. So right. I go with the metal ones. Um, so yeah, there's, there's different ones and, and you can always, you know, try and get somebody at your local hardware store to give you some pointers on, on good ones, but don't let them, don't let them get you those plastic. <laughs> those no, plastic. no, 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 no. And so YouTube then can be helpful here to see how, absolutely. Those, at how that anchor works, because as you look at it, Sometimes it's hard to understand what's going to happen, right? Know, as you were describing, right. kind of going perpendicular and da 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 mm-hmm. da, and tightening back around. It's I'm surprised there's not more on YouTube, but there is some on YouTube. Yeah, and I've done a I did I did a class on on drywall, not just drywall right. <laughs> anchors, but I have a have a board that's got probably. 10 different types of hangers. Oh, cool. So you can actually see, you turn the this board around and you can see what's going on in the back and, and how it works. There's one called a, I think it's called a monkey hook. Hmm. And it is literally, it's it's a piece of wire that has been shaped kind of as an S type thing with a little extra hook on the end. And the gauge of the wire is less than a coat hanger. Hmm. And all you have to do is push it through the drywall and then it just kind of sits. Becomes like a hook. It it does. And it just, and it sits there and it, oh my word, it holds so much weight. Really? It's amazing. Yeah. And the, the. Might that the, be an option for picture hanging? Yes, like absolutely. you just need the one yes. and it has a wire? Yep. Yep. Real easy. Just push it in and there you go. Yeah. Wow. And, and the nice thing about that is it, it's, it's not a very big hole when you go to, you know, take it out and, and want to repair your walls. You don't have this huge gaping hole. That's very cool. Yeah. That's for pictures. That's not for curtain rods, however. Right, right, right. Yeah, we, it won't hold as we much digress, weight, but surprising but, amount of weight. Right. But yeah, you think about curtain, those fasteners are holding, before you even decide on a kind of curtain, right. you know, a heavy curtain, but mm-hmm. it's holding the bracket, it's holding the bar, like mm-hmm. you say, if it's a long, you know, stretch of one. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you've got that, it sits out away from the wall a little bit. So you've got that downward pressure that's so, right. Yeah. Nothing's working for you. Nope. Nope. <laughs> that's why I've had many, many times where I've had to patch that, patch the wall and then try and find, okay, I need a good piece of wall to in to install these. Right. Mm-hmm. So what do we do with um, inside? Measurement for the inside. Well, you're working with a, the, the window's going to be framed. Mm-hmm. Right, so you're either gonna, it's either going to have wood trim or it's going to have drywall, and then behind that is going to be you're going to have framing, right? Your rough opening framing. Um, so, so you're going to have lots of choices to anchor. Right, something. so that's just going to be a wood screw, okay. um, and definitely use uh, a pilot hole. A lot of times the the screws that they provide you with the blinds and things like that, or it's a you know a zinc or something like that, and yeah. and they're not real strong. They're kind of soft, so you bust the head off of them, especially if you're trying to put them in with a drill. And at a weird angle, angle. I'm sorry. They I find that uh, the little blocks that the blind will fit into is always awkward. Right. The holes are always awkward. Right. So I always need a long bit. Yes. And like you say, pilot holes just save your life in that. Oh, they do. They so do. Because if you're 
torquing in there, mm-hmm. then the nice thing that you measured out exactly where it should be, it's, it's going to be a little cockeyed or mm-hmm. it's going to move while you try to right. torque down on it. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Pilot holes. Pilot holes. They are a lifesaver. Absolutely. <laughs> and the long bit, too. Yeah. Definitely the long, the long bit so that it can go through that little box and you still have room. And then measure, when you're measuring for those within the frame blinds, mm-hmm. you want to take three measurements. You want to measure at the top, you want to measure at the middle, and you want to measure at the bottom mm-hmm. um, because mm. it's not necessarily going to be square. I have found a high propensity that it's not square. <laughs> Stunning, too. Uh-huh. Just just amazing. Right. And it makes sense of where it can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, the drywalling piece or... Oh, there's a, a lot of different, right? Yeah. Things you, that can happen during one, that assembly. You get one stud that's off just a little bit and somebody's like, eh, we'll fill it with whatever. And then there you go. Yeah, I made that mistake once. I measured the top because I'm like, this is where it's going. And it was too big towards the bottom of the bottom of the window. Should have listened to this podcast before yeah. I did that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then the, the the mini blinds, right? Horizontal short things taking off the last, you know, they always give you enough enough of those slats to go down from the ceiling to the floor, and everybody always leaves those on. It's like, no, you're supposed to actually take those I all have, out. <laughs> I think I hit my 40s before I started taking them right. off. Why but they are... They are. They look so much nicer when it's they off. do, and they're so not as heavy, yes. right? You're taking half the weight off of it by by pulling those things out. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my I remember my mom had the old Venetian blinds that you know the two inch metal, <laughs> yes. and it had that big old stack of <laughs> who knew. And so every time you went, sure. <laughs> oh, we never touched. We were not allowed to touch them. Oh, yeah, no. I just, I grew up thinking that, you know. Windows were built like that. Exactly. You (laughs) did not touch the Venetian blinds. Nope. (laughs) Anything, any other tips on hanging curtains or blinds? Um, Just have patience. Just yeah. Have, yeah, just have patience. And, it's a and tedious thing. It, it just is. take the time. And it's hard working up on the, you know, make sure you've got a good step ladder that you're not trying to reach and not trying to reach over to do the middle because that's when you get um, accidents happen, you know, overreaching on your ladder or whatever. You go tumbling and, and so just totally be careful. And at any height, it's just so much safer and just more productive. Right, you know, right. And then- it actually takes you less time because you're not fighting with your positioning. Right. Yeah. Move your ladder. Yes. Anything else? Um, no. If you if you got any questions about hanging blinds, you know, let us know. Ask Amy at amyworks.com. We'd love to hear from you. And tell us if you tried to cut your own blinds. Not yeah. worth it. If yeah. you're anywhere near a box store, just let the box store do right. it. It right. is pretty slick to watch. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But check their work. Well, yeah, there's, yeah, there is that. Surprising. <laughs> Let's move on to Q&As. Okay. What questions you got for us? Had a question about the smell in the house. Uh, moved in and, and the the previous um, owners had been smokers. Mm. Actually, this was this was the house that I bought. And the owners had, or the, the tenants had been in there for about 16 years and were smokers and smoked in the house. Wow. And, and that stuff builds up. Oh, it does. And we went in, and there were things hanging on the wall. Unfortunately, the the man passed away in the mm. house, and so so everything was still in the house. And right. so we were taking things off the wall, and you could see the outline of pictures. And and I remember there was this one 
um, oh, it was a like a stuffed animal kind of thing that was made out of white yarn that had been hanging on the wall. Well, it wasn't white anymore and, until you, you know, turned it around and looked where it had been up against the wall. Amazing. So, yeah, Amazing. it was, it was, uh, it almost it looks crazy. fake when you pull those things off. Right. Like, you see it in the movie. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, they moved away because you can see all the squares where the pictures right. were. It's like, no, that does happen. Especially <laughs> <laughs> with pokers. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so uh, we needed to you know, clean everything up because mm-hmm. we had to you know, sell the house or rent it again. And, and you start scrubbing on that stuff and it just keeps coming off and coming off and coming off. And, and it's crazy. And that, that is one way to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, and you are going to have to paint. There's just no way. You can't clean that stuff off and not paint because you'll never get it off evenly. But you have to take off as much as you can before you paint, though, right? You can't just paint over that you can actually okay you can is it kind of equivalent to just a dirty wall yeah yeah but i mean that's what they do is they they, that's what the the kills and the the Mm. uh zinser uh they seal it they seal it in okay right and and you know you use a and there's not an odor problem i would reckon not supposed to be yeah um you know they do it with uh smoke uh, literally oh so but, smoke but, damage right smoke damage like fire damage yeah type i stuff. mean washing it just doesn't get rid of it and so they go in and they and they use the um is it a special oil type based. of kills? Uh, i think they usually use the oil based okay um the water base says it, it it will um help uh with the odors uh but i would definitely go with the oil base just because i don't know i feel like it's gonna lock it in better mm-hmm. um but we did we we did and it worked great. Um, so did you do the trim as well? Everything. Just the walls. Just okay. did and everything. Ceilings. Yeah, we did. We did everything. That was my Oosh. first first experiment with a paint sprayer, mm-hmm. which I didn't love. Really? Yeah. Oh, you're it's a br- like a whole you're a brush gal. I am roller. <laughs> Give me a roller. I can do a roller. It's so much faster. It seemed like so much faster, right? Yeah. Because you you spray it and you got to go back and you roll it. It's like, well, why didn't I roll it in the first time? Is that true on outside spraying? Um, I don't know. Why? Are they painting your house? No, no, no. Oh. Just I've seen people, you know, I obviously see where they're using a sprayer on exterior painting of a house. Sometimes, sometimes not. But I know that we had to back roll um, on the interior. We had to thin the paint so much so that, you know, it's starting to roll. Oh, it's starting see. to drip. Yeah. So we had to back roll it. And, and they often back roll um, when they spray on the inside. Because if you get too thick of a paint, then it's going to gook up your yeah. You'll never get out of the sprayer. Yeah, I see. Yeah, you can you can wash the walls and then prime, or you can just prime. It's it's nasty either way. If you've got smells like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another question. Yes, we have another question. All right. (laughs) (laughs) This I remember this this client of mine called in a panic and had had left the house in the morning and came back home about four o'clock and and the um fitting underneath his kitchen sink had come apart uh, the, so it was spewing water for about seven hours oh um, wow yeah so he had i mean gallons of water that were just everywhere just on that floor. everywhere yeah yeah um, but specifically, you know, you'd ask me about, um, carpet, saturated carpet. Yeah. Um, now in that particular case, that's like, you just, you got to pull everything up. But if you have, you know, where it's not running for six hours, but you still have a really good saturated carpet, I would highly recommend that you take a shop vac 
and get as much of the excess water as you can, mm-hmm. you have you have to pull it back. You ha- you have to pull it back, and you have to expose. So that even pad. if it's anchored, like you can't dry it from the top. No, even. you can't. You can't because you can't get down there. You can't get below that rubber pad, right? Right. That's going to be saturated, and then it's sitting on top of a subfloor that's probably a wood product. Unless you're living in an apartment, then it could be gypsum, but. Um, most likely Still there's something a, that's right, gonna... right. It's a, it's a wood product. So that needs to be pulled out and definitely dried out fans, heat, and it's got to go for days, days, days. Yeah. And just you with a moisture meter just to make sure. Otherwise you, there's a good chance that you can get mold that mm. will develop in there. Now, not necessarily black mold. You know, mildew or whatever, yeah. it'll still stay Still unpleasant. Right, and and could, you know, irritate you. And if it's already in an installed floor and you have to pull it up, I mean, how hard is yeah. that to do by yourself? That's to pretty pull nasty it up? work. Yeah. No, it's not that hard. No. The, the, the tax strip's not, it's, I mean, it's down there really good, but once you get like a corner up on it, you can, it pulls right up. And okay enough to reuse that? You can. Okay. Yeah, I would recommend that you get a carpet installer to come in and do it because they're going to stretch it, right? They're okay. going to use that knee kicker thing that okay. looks horrible, um, but they'll come in and they'll stretch it so that you don't have any, um, you know, waves or anything in the middle of the room. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. And so you'd probably have to take the trim board off to access no. that. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. No, because they'll they'll put the carpet in with the baseboard still there. The tax strip is installed, I don't know, about an inch away from um, the baseboard. The oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So they, oh, they, and just tucks they in there? stretch it and then they tuck it down and it, and the, the tax strip grabs onto it there. So, yeah, you don't have to take the baseboard off. Great. Yeah. Right. So take the time, lots of fans, lots of heat, and days and days. Days and days. That's just make like it dry. No, no silver bullet, no way to get around that. Nope, not really. All right. Nope, got to do it. If you have any experiences with trying to successfully or unsuccessfully dry out your wet carpets, <laughs> drop us a line at askamy at amyworks.com, along with any other questions or experiences you have. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Alicia. Makes me wonder. This podcast is sponsored by Amy Works, a residential remodeling contractor in Seattle. We want to help you realize the dream of your next kitchen, bath, or basement remodel. Check out some of our work on our website, amyworks.com. Give us a call at 206-478-2019 or send us an email at help at amyworks.com.